You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on Locked On Sooners, I'll give you my takes on the national championship last night between Clemson and Alabama. And we'll look ahead to next year and find out what the experts think of Oklahoma, where I think Oklahoma could be, what ultimately changes Oklahoma's course throughout the year, and then um, why there are a lack of dark horses in college football. There was a team that I really wanted to glom onto, but looking at their schedule, I think there's probably about four built-in losses for them. So it's not going to happen, and ultimately you may end up with close to the same four teams that you had this year in college football playoffs, and I'll give you my way-too-early predictions on that. In segment number two, could Kyler Murray come back to OU? Gil Brandt saying that that could possibly happen. What, what Kyler Murray's sort of thinking right now? Why, uh, why on earth would he be thinking this is the first thing I think? And then I realize... How old Kyler Murray is, emotional attachments, things like that. We'll discuss what could ultimately lead Kyler Murray back to OU, if that's in fact what he wants to do. And uh, what is the biggest advantage, essentially, to coming back to OU if you're Kyler Murray? And then finally, USC doing the right thing or not doing the right thing, allowing Cliff Kingsbury to start talking to NFL teams. And USC gave a very weird political response to the question about whether or not Cliff Kingsbury is still on staff, but why ultimately, I use that word a lot, but why ultimately you may have, why ultimately you may have screwed yourself if you're USC? Why did, why did you go the route that you did if you're Lynn Swan and why it may have hurt you? All right, this is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G., I am the co-host of Game Day Saturday on 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, both part of the iHeartMedia family. You can hear that Saturday mornings at 5 on News Radio 1000 KTOK, and you can also hear it Saturday mornings at 9 on 1340 The Game, and we're going to start talking a lot of basketball on Game Day Saturday. Uh, because it's basketball season, and OU plays Tech tonight, but we'll talk more about that game tomorrow. It's just going to be a whole lot of football today, I'll tell you. I think you learned that in the preview, but want to tell you that if you like this podcast, please subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com. Also, there's Apple iTunes, there's Stitcher, there's Spotify. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alabama loses the national championship last night. Like the way I led, not Clemson wins. Alabama loses the national championship last night. And Clemson, at least for one game, proving that they are the superior team. Brent Venables proving that he's a superior coach to Mike Loxley when it comes to the X's and O's, which is something that if you know Mike Loxley and you know Brent Venables, which I kind of have the rare opportunity to know both guys, uh, yeah. Brent Venables is going to outcoach Mike Loxley when it, whenever those two match up. And that maybe the one of the reasons why I was taking Clemson last night is I just didn't have any faith in Mike Loxley's offense versus Brent Venables' defense. That being said, the overreaction to last night's game is just absolutely outstanding. I, I could not believe how many people on Twitter, one, were glad that Bama got beat so bad. 
I would have been much, look, if Bama's going to get beat that bad, I would have been much happier had Clinton, or not Clinton, Clemson had scored another 12 points. So it would have been worse than when USC beat up on Oklahoma. I would have been way happier. Didn't happen. But just this idea of Nick Saban and Alabama getting punked was a little bit foreign to me, especially from OU fans, because I thought as OU fans, we we always appreciated greatness, especially when that greatness was essentially parallel to A, us, which, oh look, OU and Alabama to me, for the most part, I think I've said this a million times, pretty much the same program, same mentality as fans, same attitude as what they want to accomplish, although OU probably sees a much bigger picture than Alabama in wanting all sports to be good, not just football. And Alabama, look, gymnastics, softball, there's the only thing Alabama isn't good at right now seems to be men's basketball. And they're getting better at that. But I could not believe just how many people were just celebrating the fact that Nick Saban got beaten. Yeah, I understand Nick Saban is not the most affable guy, but neither was Bob Stoops. A lot of times they were very similar in how they treated the media and how they went about their business and the paranoia that every college coach has. So I don't see a lot of difference there. There's certainly not a lot of difference in color scheme. And we've already gone over attitude. So that baffled me a bit. Just listening to fans moan and you know be just so thrilled that Alabama lost. I think the other thing that I take away from that the, the overreaction is people declaring Alabama dead, which is I first thought when this was going down, it's like, man, Alabama fans know exactly how OU fans feel because OU got embarrassed in a national championship game and Alabama gets embarrassed in a national championship game. But the truth of the matter is, is when OU got embarrassed by USC, it really did feel like something was ending because you knew Jason White wasn't coming back that next year. And yeah, they had Adrian Peterson, but this was the second national championship OU had played in the second, second consecutive and one, they lost to an SEC LSU team that they that wasn't as good as they were. And then they got completely housed by a USC team that shouldn't have been that many points better than what they were. And you just sort of felt like two years, OU's invincibility had been taken away. And it, it systematically seemed to fall apart after that. Complacency sit in. There wasn't that overall cockiness, that swag that OU needed. It was gone. Alabama has lost the national championship game before, only to rebound the next year and win the national championship. And they have a lot of their guys coming back, and they're in a culture that's used to winning, and you still have Nick Saban as your coach. And even though this was a setback, I don't... I don't get the sense that Alabama, their air of invincibility, their air of invincibility is completely gone after what happened last night. It was a tough loss, but ultimately I expect them to come back. And, and looking at the SEC and all due respect to Paul Feinbaum, who covers that league and has been covering it for the majority of his career, if not his entire career, I, I got to see Georgia beat him. I've got to see, I have to see LSU beat Alabama. LSU has a top five recruiting class right now. I got to see LSU beat them. But before I put, before I even remotely start sticking that stake in the vampire's heart, Auburn, 
Auburn's about the only team I think can beat them because I don't think Auburn's scared of them. And a lot of it in rivalry games, emotions get out of hand and things just can go one way or another. And, and we know that here as OU fans. But what does this mean as far as like the Bama dynasty and what's going on? And the smartest thing that I heard say that said this whole morning was from Dan Orlovsky of ESPN who said, Alabama didn't conquer the mountain. They built their own mountain. And I thought about that for a second. I thought, okay, that's really smart because it seems to be the model that Lincoln Riley is taking is that he is over, yes, OU lost to Alabama. And I know you still has that reputation of not being able to play defense. But he's over here putting together a top five recruiting class that most people aren't paying attention to unless you are a diehard college football fan or you're an OU fan or a recruit Nick. So he's fine with that. He's got his new defensive coordinator in Alex Grinch. He's going to have a lot of new, new guys on the defensive staff, which will bring a brand new enthusiasm to OU. There's always some great enthusiasm amongst those coaches on the offensive side of the ball and out there on the recruiting trail. But now you're bringing in some more coaches. It only only ratchets things up just that much more. And while everybody's over here looking at Alabama and Clemson, which are still the odds-on favorite to play in the national championship next year, and OU is 15-1 to odds, then Lincoln Riley can just quietly build OU Until one day you look up, and I'm talking about the nation, not Oklahoma fans. One day the nation looks up, and then all of a sudden OU's in the national championship game, and they've knocked off either Clemson or Alabama, or they've knocked off somebody to play Clemson or Alabama, and they beat them, and then you wonder, how in the hell did that happen? And then you got to go all the way back to 2018, (laughs) and, and Kyler Murray, and the development of quarterbacks, and the recruiting class, and all that. So I would say this to you if you're an OU fan. What Lincoln Riley's doing while it's catching our eye, I'm not sure it's catching everybody's eye, but that's the way we want it. Oklahoma is about as close to flying under the radar as they possibly can get over these next few years. And was looking at the way too early top 10 rankings from ESPN for college football, and... Unfortunately, there's not a here. Here's who I think right now. If you had to ask me, who's going to be in the who are going to be the top four teams next year when we get to when we get to this time? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Those would be the teams that I would pick. I don't see a dark horse out there that I feel real comfortable glomming onto because the Pac-12. I'm just not sold on Texas. Still has to Texas may still be put in a situation where they got to play Oklahoma twice. I don't think as long as there's a Big 12 championship game, anybody's going to beat Oklahoma in that Big 12 championship game right now because Oklahoma just wins that. OU's got a lot of guys coming back on offense next year. Yes, they've got to replace three offensive linemen, but the running game's going to be good. It's all really predicated on what happens at quarterback and whether it's Austin Kendall or Spencer Rattler or. Mordecai or somebody else, if OU can get good quarterback play, they should be good. And I think we're all expecting dramatic improvement out of the defense, which may be a little overstated. But I don't know if there's really a challenger in the Big 12 outside of Texas that scares me, which should pave the way for OU. And as far as there's a dark horse in college football, I want to say Texas A&M but they've got four built-in losses on their schedule. They have to go to Death Valley, and LSU wants to make up for losing 
in seven overtimes to them. They host Alabama. Consider that a loss. The non-conference is garbage, but you have to go to Clemson and you have to go to Georgia. You played Georgia and LSU the final two weeks of the season. You're eight and four. If Jimbo Fisher is eight and four next year, that is a successful season at AM. And what's sad is they could be markedly better than what they are now. AM could improve and still end up with a worse record than what they did this year, or about the same record as they did this year. And that was the one team I thought would be a dark horse. Other than that, it's pretty much the usual suspects, and it's not bad for college football as long as people are entertained and as long as they're watching. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next on LOS, why would Kyler Murray come back to OU? We'll give you some of those reasons. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have another episode of Locked On Thunder available for you. Just go to LockedOnPodcast.com or say, hey, Google, play Locked On Thunder Podcast or Alexa, play Locked On Thunder Podcast. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's also available at Stitcher and Spotify. Spotify and Apple iTunes and if you rate us five stars we would think that that would be really cool if you would rate this a five-star podcast all right um Kyler Murray Gil Brandt tweeted out I wanted to get to this yesterday didn't have an opportunity Gil Brandt tweets out that he wouldn't be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury was coaching in the NFL this next season and Kyler Murray came back to Oklahoma well Cliff Kingsbury is interviewing with NFL teams despite being blocked by USC somehow that is there's some we'll get to that why he may be not blocked by USC coming up here in a, in a second but that's going on and now Kyler Murray could make a bombshell announcement and decide that he's coming back to OU and that well you talk about extremely changing OU's odds if Kyler Murray comes back next year then they're easily one of the favorites to get into the Final Four if, if he comes back. Um, why do you come back? Well, there's a chance to win another Heisman. You could be the first back-to-back Heisman winner since since Archie Griffin. And you'd be the only one to do it other than, than him. And I would think that that is definitely motivation for Kyler Murray to submit yourself way apart from everybody else who's ever played the game of college football. Two, there's still the opportunity to win the national championship and you feel like you've got unfinished business. But the most important reason is you just don't want to give it up. And the emotional attachment of college football is very hard for guys to walk away from. Even if we think this is just a cold, hard business where scholarships can get pulled at any time, 
where you don't want to screw yourself out of making millions of dollars by going into the NFL draft, there is a bond between college football players that doesn't happen at any other time in their career. Not in high school, because once high school graduation happens, and, and you know this, a lot of times people just go in different directions. And you don't really catch up to your high school friends till the reunion comes around. College, you form a little bit longer lasting of a bond because maybe you make friends with people that you're in the same business with. Maybe you join a fraternity and you just get close to those guys or a sorority or whatever the situation is. And that's the way college football players are. That 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 point in their life is still the best time that they have ever had playing football. I have yet to meet anyone that's played both college and the NFL that tells me they had more fun playing in the NFL than they did college. And if Kyler Murray's even remotely thinking about the NFL, he may sense that it's just too soon to make that move because he wants one more year of college. He wants one more year of being friends with those guys and and creating those bonds. And then you can go play in the NFL, which I would think if he's coming back, I would just think that if he's coming back, that means he really is giving up baseball, that he doesn't have any intention of playing for the Oakland A's, that you're also, while getting one more year at OU, then you're just essentially telling the A's goodbye and you're really prepping for the opportunity to play in the National Football League. And whatever decision Kyler Murray decides to make, which is completely and totally his, he needs to be 100% comfortable with it. The last thing that Kyler Murray can afford is for him to say, okay, this is in my past. I'm done with it. I signed this contract. So out of obligation, I'm going to go play with the Oakland A's. And then you get down to spring training and realize, A, maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. And the A's may may be thinking, wait, we way overpaid for this guy, drafted him too high for what he's bringing to the table. And B, you're just not enjoying it. You're out there going through the grind, but you're just not enjoying it because it is such a different sport. And you're not around guys your same age anymore, which is another transition that, that that's hard for dudes to make in college is that you're around guys that are from so many different backgrounds, so many different ages when you step into the NFL that you don't realize that. I mean, for I mean for the, the guys who are professionals, the guys who, and when I say professionals, I mean guys that have been there for a long time. They understand it's a business. They go in, they do their work, they go home to their families, and that's it. You don't have the you don't have as 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 much going out as you did in college. Now some teams do, but a lot of times, I mean, and and I've talked to NFL players. They say the hardest thing to to deal with is that you don't identify with those young guys in the locker room anymore. So you're not hanging out with them. And it'll be the same thing with Major League Baseball. Yeah, you're going through spring training. You're going to be having a lot of fun, but Guys are, they're off living their lives and then they're coming back to play Major League Baseball. Is this really, I mean, and that's the only question Kyler Murray has to ask himself right now. It's the only question he has to answer. Is this really what you want to do? And if it's not, come back to OU for another year. No matter what the results are, you'd rather be happy coming back to OU another year than going to the A's too early and completely living with regret. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we'll wrap things up on LOS, talking about why Cliff Kingsbury is making a brilliant move. That's coming up next.
you are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Sooners Podcast. I'm Eric G. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe by going to LockedOnPodcast.com or all you have to do is go to Apple iTunes and subscribe there. You can get it real easy on your smart speaker by saying, Alexa, play the Locked On Sooners podcast, or Alexa, play uh, the Locked On Thunder podcast, or hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Cliff Kingsbury said to be interviewing with NFL teams. Also, at the uh, as I was recording this, the last thing I read is that he may be the top choice for the Arizona Cardinals. Good for him. Um, good for him. Very few, very few times in life do you get fired and get to move up a ladder. A lot of times when you get fired, you're moving down a ladder, and hopefully you move back up. Sometimes you're just you're stuck. <laughs> After you get fired, there's just a stigma that goes along with you, and you're stuck wherever you are. But Cliff Kingsbury may be making the best out of a completely crummy situation at Texas Tech, and Lynn Swan seriously tried to screw this guy over. And it's unbelievable that Lynn Swan was not giving NFL teams permission to talk to his offensive coordinator. One, it looks good when NFL teams are talking to your offensive coordinator. It says that he's in demand, and kids that are being recruited, while they might be hesitant, they're also saying to themselves, well, hey, this guy can develop me for the league, so why why won't I go to USC? I might as well go to USC, play for this guy. He knows what he's doing. He developed Patrick Mahomes. And if you really want him, and this is the thing you got to understand, when you really want somebody to be an employee, you've got to give them their freedom and give them their opportunity to take advantage of situations that are before them. And I would think that Cliff Kingsbury was very transparent and his agent was very transparent when they took the job at USC saying, hey, we're getting interest from NFL teams. And Cliff Kingsbury did a very shrewd thing to get one hand in the job or one job in the hand. <laughs> yeah, take that as you want, and I'm not editing it out. Um, you get you get a job in your hand, and then all of a sudden you just see what your options are. And if there's something that's better that comes along, that's great. It sucks for USC. It's great for Cliff Kingsbury. But this is the risk that you take when you in, employ someone. And Cliff Kingsbury may talk to all these NFL guys and ultimately determine that that is not where he wants to be, that he really wants to be the offensive coordinator at USC and that he's willing to come back and work and maybe have an opportunity to be the head coach at USC and college is where his heart is. But if you don't give him that opportunity to test the waters, ultimately you're just going to piss him off. And the last thing you want is him pissed off, not being able to concentrate, not being happy while he was he's there. Not saying that he couldn't be professional, but going dreading going into work every day sucks, man. I've been there when you dread going into work. Even if you think it's your dream job and you're going into work and you're thinking, man, what's going to happen today? Am I going to put up with this? Am I going to have to deal with that? What's going to happen if so-and-so acts a particular way? Am I going to be able to to deal with this, I say let him talk. And Lynn Swan gave a very shrewd answer. He was asked, is Cliff Kingsbury still on staff? He said he's still on the website. Didn't say he was on staff. He just said that he's still on the website listed as our offensive coordinator. And Jay Glazer had tweeted out that maybe Cliff Kingsbury quit so he could pursue these other opportunities. Dumb. Just all around dumb and completely mishandled on USC's part. 
It's happened at OU where guys were Bob Stoops has hired guys and they've had the opportunity to go to the NFL and then then they've left. You can't hold them back if that's ultimately what they want to do because they'll find a way out of that contract. Even if it means sitting for a year and then you get vilified because other people are going to look at you as a potential employer and they're going to think, hey, I'll go there. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, so that's how they treat their employees. Yeah, not a good look for USC at all, and I hope Cliff Kingsbury gets exactly what he wants. Coming up tonight, OU takes on Texas Tech. We'll talk about that game tomorrow, and we'll also be talking a lot of OU football and still ripping apart the national championship game and the fallout for that and what all that means to OU. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Be excellent to each other. Everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and peace. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.